0: hey everybody welcome to episode 36 of tactical crouch feels like just yesterday because it basically was just yesterday that we did an episode but uh hey joe how's it going hi hey. how's it going guys Dude, you, you're not like breaking chip-
1: the google document not me you, you're chipper
0: this morning man
1: you're- yeah i woke up like weirdly early like i got up i went to bed like at a decent hour Woke up at like six and was like, "All right, ready to start the day. Here we go. Let's, you know, oh, you're a saint for fixing that for me. You can, you can. This is some like peek behind the curtain production stuff. I am sitting here taking questions from chat, breaking the Google document, and John's on the fly fixing it because he's that much of a boss. So, enough about how my day started, Giska. How how are you this this fine evening?
2: Or afternoon? oh, I'm good today. I wasn't good yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> actually. Dude, okay, so the the last episode, I've infamously drank like a bottle of wine during the show, and then I legitimately forgot I had a blood test, approximately like eight hours later. later yeah, and that. And was he, not you a good kept
1: idea. it together well on the show, B, but the second we got off air, you were gone. You were a uh, very tipsy
2: lad. There was onions bitten into, there was, you know, lots of... That was actually so much worse the next day than the alcohol. Like, my bad. you just... You, you go to a doctor and, I don't know, I was raised like, okay, the amount of body odor you're allowed to have in a doctor's office is all-time low in your life. You better not do that. My, my mom works at a doctor's office. And I'm like, oh, my God, how do I get rid of this? And I'm Googling, like, what can you do against, like, onion breath? And it was embarrassing. Yes.
1: He was drunk to a point where he's like, I need to eat something. And I'm like, what do you what do you got? Like, maybe make a sandwich. He's like, no, I have an onion. And that's all you heard was just him biting into an onion. And he wasn't like grimacing. There was no like verbal cues that like, oh, this is terrible. I don't like this. He's like. Hmm, this is all I have.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, but, the next GM in Overwatch League, by the way. Yeah,
2: exactly. But, by the way, you know who that's that without drinking alcohol? Broi.
0: He just really? likes it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he pandas has like onions, well. though. I think that's a, like a panda thing. Mm. That's
1: so bizarre. Yeah. Where are the bodies, bro? <laughs> Hmm?
0: Where are they? That seems very strange. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, well, you know... I, I don't know if I classify Boroy as the most normal person I know.
1: He's a he's a special special as a boy. Character.
0: As a character,
1: that's, that's one way. To if put you it, didn't cool. get to, lovingly, lovingly,
0: if, very lovingly, if you didn't get a chance to tune into episode thirty-five, it's a long one, uh, but it was really funny, really insightful, especially into just kind of the like what an analyst does and mm-hmm. what the current landscape is and I mean and broy broy isn't like I've known broy for a while he's not an arrogant dude like in the sense that mm-hmm. he's he's relatively if he's gonna say something uh he means center. he, he yeah. yeah he means it and he has to kind of believe it a lot and there not to be a lot of space for error to say it and he's just kind of like I am the best person in overwatch league for as an analyst like I just am and he said that and and really qualified it really well talked about what he does and what defiant do really well what other teams maybe don't do well and it was really fascinating so definitely give that uh, a listen because it was it was really great and i don't think that there's any content out there with Broy's name on it or elsewhere that gives such like a transparent dive into yeah that
1: is very much unabashed pure essence of baroy that whole episode was just like how he is on a daily basis like goofy sitting in the dark like some of the most intelligent conversations yeah. with a person you'll have but a goofball through and through.
0: Total, yeah total goofball like goes just... from like quantifying all these statistics mm-hmm. and then putting on a panda suit and then like yeah it's uh he was he was going to have a little gift for us ready um, for the show, but we're going to have to wait <laughs> until next show. So, um, yeah. So make sure to check that one out. Uh, other housekeeping things really quick. Make sure to follow the show on Twitter at tactical underscore crouch. Tweet us your questions and topics you'd like to have discussed for the show. Today is a really great one. Since we just had a show a couple days ago, there's a ton of time that we we can address your questions. So make yep, sure to ahead. post those in Twitch chat. Otherwise, I'll be tweet watching the chat at us the show does record live every tuesday at 11 a.m pacific time we've been really good at being consistent with that Mm -hmm. since people are like i wish you guys would do it more consistently we're men of the people and last but not least you can watch and listen anywhere podcasts can be heard as well as on youtube so make sure to check those out as well cool all right news uh just to, for those who haven't heard the other episode or aren't going to listen to it, because it's not a prime episode, Nate Nanzer stepping down, going to lead esports at Epic Games. That's going to be for Fortnite and Rocket League, at least. So um, we discussed that a little bit. We're not going to discuss it really anymore on the show, um, but we acknowledge that that happened. And we're not skipping over it. We just discussed it on a different episode. Uh, Pacific Showdown done, right? Yep. Pacific's done. How'd that, how'd that end up? How'd your how'd your to be
1: expected to be expected Um, by who? I I, again I do. There was nobody from the community that you're referencing that was saying that China was going to win. Just wasn't going to happen. Win against talent though, right? Yeah, no that that's unacceptable. Hundred (laughs) percent. That's 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 uh, that's a meme.
2: Yeah, I remember. Uh. I'm not sure how how that conversation went. I remember like a conversation where you went like, "Ah, oh, you're so ignorant about Pacific, aren't you? You just think Koreans are going going to win and make it to the final." I was like, "Yeah, damn straight." <laughs> and then you didn't further comment. I mean, this this is also the
1: person who decided to bet me that Chung-do wasn't going to be a halfway decent team and that Houston was going to buy their way into the a The solid. shift key so, throws is coming, you know, my friend. Yeah, it's uh, you know how how the the turntables, you know. It all, you know, time's a a, a circle.
0: Well, 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 how the turntables. Yeah. That's actually one of my favorite episodes, I think, of The Office. (laughs) That one, our balls are in your court. (laughs) 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 Uh, Yeah, so uh, cool about that. Winner is uh, Element Mystic, right? But all
1: elemental mystic. Yeah, they um, apparently there was a uh, a post on Chinese social media where journalists and people in the community could ask questions. Um, and uh, funnily enough, they seem very confident in beating everyone in the Overwatch League that are not named the Titans in shock. They're very confident in saying that they would. Element Beat Mystic are teams. are
0: top 4 they they think that they're a top 4 team in the world basically yeah. is what they That's
1: what they think. They're very confident. They they want to continue they, they I think another Dude. answer is that they wanted to have like the the fastest match record ever like they're just feeling themselves and you know with what they're Man, putting up
2: you can't you can't blame them. I'm not even convinced they're the best team in Korean contenders. I just want to see. that that's the the problem with like repetitive uh, scenarios and i think runaway looked much higher level on goats less exploitable and i also think there was a distinct difference and yes you can make an opponent look worse than they are and that is a quality i just like to have that confirmed i still think runaway is the best With Uh, that, the end of their season, I don't know, that match, like in the regular season
1: to end, I think it was the last match of the regular season between them and Runaway. That seemed pretty decisive where they just had no idea what to do with Doha on something. They were pulling out McCree. They didn't like they were running DPS comps, which is not something that Runaway tends to do. I think they got exploited and I think that leading into that playoff patch that they were not prepared at all. So like, is it as much as, you know, them choking? I don't think so. I think they just were caught off guard by a lot of these different styles by the Sombra, especially. And no, I don't think countering Sombra is all that hard. I just team, I think teams need to um, look elsewhere. I think they're a little bit too set in their ways. I think they need to look at overwatch league. I think they need to uh, maybe even consult, other regions on, on how to beat it, because I don't think it's that difficult, and we're seeing that proven in, in the Overwatch League, so I, I, it's very strange to me that people are coming up and saying that Sombra is hard to deal with. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cool. All right.
2: Do we want to scratch that Euro- Europe, uh, Western Western uh, contenders against uh, Korean contenders topic? You mean the the non-old
1: people? the non-old geriatric style of goats actually doing well. Yeah,
2: I mean, you you could if you want. Yeah, so, okay. I'm not 100% convinced that we have any solid evidence that should definitely push you towards uh, one particular opinion, right? What I am confident of is that both of those stances are reasonable. So it is reasonable for opti based and not just opti by the way but a lot of western coaches and by the way also some korean coaches that i've talked to that the style that element mystic plays is suboptimal and it has been proven to be suboptimal hence why we don't see shock and uh titans play that style whatsoever and they will crunch it and Now, this, of course, doesn't prove that EU or NA would win against uh, Element Mystic in that regard, right? But um, I still think the consideration of that is worthwhile, while at the same time, we will never have relief of that information, right? Yeah. So we will never get to the point where we can say with confidence and also know the gauntlet is not a good... um, good data point here definitely no overwatch world cup i can't believe somebody actually tried to use that as an example Uh... see that that is so narrative analysis it's just like okay koreans inhibit this that's it's almost like if you think about it it's like some da vinci code reasoning koreans on this one they, they all grew up in the same country they therefore eat the same animals their mother's milk is therefore has the same ingredients which therefore force them to all play goats perfectly in very many ways and have dialects of goats that are all equally and then also they time travel and therefore the qualities of 2016 17 and 18 still apply and it's it's like come on man at least give me a good argument. I understand that the empirical evidence points towards Korea just always yeah, being course. the best in in those uh, competitions. But keep in mind, a lot has changed in those systems since then. I think mm-hmm. we've imported much of the good uh, qualities from it. Yeah, Hence a lot despite... of the
1: density has been removed. I would say.
2: Yes, and the, most definitely the coaches. I think. I think are... that's the that that's the most that's sought bad one. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's going to be
1: the biggest problem is that there's not enough facilitators and teachers in the region. There's not a, there's never been a, a a discrepancy of talent. There's always talented players in Korea, but it's who's guiding them, who's leading them, how are the rosters being built? That's where Korea is falling behind, I think.
2: Yeah. So, I uh, it's also fair to say that Element Mystic would have the ability to adapt to this on the fly, maybe, I don't know, based on uh historical data but it's like yeah i a my bottom line really is is the a conversation is fun to entertain it is definitely not not worth shitting on anyone's opinion for no and i think having the discussion is definitely fruitful and we will sadly not see any um Resolving of that issue because even the gauntlet doesn't have that, like, that actually reveals the logical fallacies that some of these people use when they think they gotta bring it at the gauntlet. That doesn't matter, buddy. Like, till then, the quality A, I don't think we're going to play gods, I'm very convinced we're not. Um, then even if we are, who's to say that Element Mystic hasn't been pushed by, for instance, let's say, NYXL and Titans scrimming in in Korea and therefore showing Element Mystic that this is not the way to go and they completely change their style, then that you know the final result would in no way invalidate the opinion that OptiDocs gave. Mm-hmm. So we are going to be blue-balled on this, unfortunately, and it is only a hypothetical in any case. And to be proven, here's one data point where uh, you could be proven wrong if Loki wins Atlantic
0: Showdown. That is yeah. one that that will take. Yeah. All right. And Atlantic Showdown is happening this weekend. So, and you're going to be there, yes. right?
2: Yes. It starts on Friday, um, and I'll be there all three days, and we'll see.
0: Should be fun. Bring us that sweet, sweet content. Get us the juice. Sure. The juice. Get yes. us, if, get us
1: the juice. If you, if you bring Yiska an onion, he may or may not
2: bite into it. I may produce or, uh, onion juice. Yes, yes, and pickles.
0: Do you have um, what is it? The Atlantic Showdown Liquipedia. I want to just double check something really quick. Yeah. Uh, do you have a personal uh, team <clears throat> favorite? That you think is going to win this weekend?
2: Mm, no.
0: We're looking at Fusion University, Envy, Atlanta Academy, Angry Titans, British Hurricane, and Low Key Esports
1: think the obvious like a very reasonable and safe bet is to say that maybe angry titans continues obviously they won their region in a fairly convincing fashion maybe they bring that same level to pacific and and you know continue to do very well um for na it's very weird uh envy just lost their main tank that mean you know trill being brought to fuel i can't expect too terribly much from them i hear Stan mm-hmm. one's okay but i it's hard for me to put a lot of faith into them and reviewing fusion uni i'm not that impressed i don't know that they're gonna do that they great.
2: look mortal they look mortal but at the same time they also very experienced and comparatively 100%. Online. i think they feel to...
1: they feel a lot like the nyxl they feel in, in, in a lot of similar ways. They have that that kind of star player potential with their Zenyatta. They don't seem to be at their peak. Things are going pretty jankily, you know, with with in regards to how jankily. How, best best one way. writer
0: in East, in uh, Overwatch esports, by the way. <laughs> using the word jankily. Jankily it's
1: not as clean as you would expect. Yes, they have that experience. Yes, they have the game five kind of like mentality and that fortitude to be able to, to just approach it just like any other game. But in terms of overall level, I don't know that they're going to do as well as a lot of uh, NA fans assume that they will. Fair enough. All
0: right. That's your primer. So, yeah, super, super in-depth uh caster commentators we got jaws leg day zp and avast so i know there was originally some some concern over who was going to be uh casting some of these um tournaments pacific and atlantic and so i think honestly so i gotta hand it to to avril and pixie yeah I, i know them both really well and so i'm not surprised that they totally crushed it for pacific But, man, uh, Pacific could have been bad if they didn't have, uh, like, amazing casters like Avril and Pixie. There was even an appreciation thread on on Reddit about it.
1: Well-deserved, because that's literally, like, eight hours of work nonstop for, like, three days. Like, that's not good for anybody to do and you're the only people there so if you know and there was tech difficulties and you know that's totally understandable and they roll they they were consummate professionals like absolutely standouts, so like again but, i just, amazing
2: can, can i just say this like ever since overwatch league daily actually i was made aware of avril and i didn't know who he was before and then mm. i kept listening to him and then also got him off mute land. I got to say that's one guy I want to see in Overwatch League. Yes. Yes, he's a little dry, but I think it is important to get someone that is very competent in understanding the game. Also he's eloquent mm-hmm. and someone that could have a discussion about things with Sacha on the desk screens.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, uh, and it, it So he also he was on the uh, Game of Thrones edition of Streamer Showdown that I produced. And so it was it's very like jokey, meme type stuff. He did great. It was really funny. So he can turn it on uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when he's given the opportunity to turn it on. So I would love to see that. Pixie, I, I consider Pixie a good friend, and I always make fun of him because one time on the uh, on the show, he said, what did he say? He said that NYXL are the Shanghai Dragons in 2.0 or something like that, and I still make fun of him. And he was he was making a point about, how people were overhyping them, they're gonna end up losing a ton uh. and stuff. But hey, I make fun of Pixie for that. But Pixie <laughs> and Avril are both amazing casters. They're also an amazing duo together. They mm-hmm. um, really Definitely kind of bring, really well. bring it out. So uh, kudos and congrats on a huge successful Pacific Showdown uh, week to those guys because I know they were stressing out about it. I know I know both of them, and I think they knew it was at stake too. So. Uh, kudos there yep that's gonna be happening this weekend May 31st through June 2nd double elimination should be all good stuff all the way through I'm kind of looking to see if there's any
1: not as not as fun as Pacific guys you know I I, I bigged up Pacific as that crazy wacky you know Chinese Pacific you know I got some Korean teams pulling out some some DPS stuff <sighs> You know, Atlantic, that's the more boring region. If you're not a fan of GOATS, maybe you want to sit this one out. Maybe go watch some Pacific VODs, you know, reminisce of the old days where people actually played DPS. You know. But there again, you know, if you're a, you know, a man of culture, uh, you know, GOATS is your goats is your stick.
2: I will say there's a chance that we will see some Doom from Hurricane, like they did in the past.
1: Sure, yeah. Right? And it definitely has okay. uh, room to pop that out.
2: Yeah, and... uh in general yeah I'm, I'm not sure if it will be as black and white i think there's definitely a chance for some dps comps um but maybe on certain maps i think these these coaches that both of those regions have pride themselves on good prep and because certain matches are pretty um predictable i think um we will see Definitely some some curveballs here in there, especially in the first round, I think. All right, fair enough. Yeah. Uh,
0: we, we need to talk about this. We didn't plan on talking about this. I don't even think that either of the guys have prepared to talk about this, but we need to talk what? about the impending uh, optic buyout situation oh, going on right we now.
1: Were just, we were just talking about this, so this may just turn into the most of the bulk of the show.
0: It might, it might. So... <sighs> I'm I'm definitely going to be the casual sitting on the sidelines here a little bit for understanding. So here's my understanding: Optic uh, recently it is reported is found at be have a 20 million dollar bank note. Essentially, mm-hmm. they're they're in mad debt. There's been a bidding war between Immortals and uh, CEO uh, Hector Rodriguez for uh, the Optic brand. Well, in Infinite Esports, I believe in general, right? Yeah and this news has kind of come out sounds like they have until may 31st of this year to announce a sale and it sounds like immortals has won reportedly Mm. that bidding war and looks like there may not be an optic moving forward is 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 that do i have i summed it up for the layman well enough Uh.
1: I think for I, the most part, I skimmed through the article, so I don't know exactly
2: yeah everything, but... Is there actually a bidding war? Because I remember one article mentioned that there wasn't actually going... There's just one... I th- it sounded the like... The models. It sounded like, in this most recent Medium post,
1: um, this person is reporting that um, I, I, one of the former staff members uh, at Infinite or or optic, I don't remember who exactly it was, and optic hex were trying to buy back the company and offered a very, uh, from what they reported, in substantial amount. Um, I think the word they used was laughable, to compared to how much debt they were in.
0: So, uh, so I don't know so how much, much of a beating can be described as laughable though, can it? So yeah, <laughs> like, definitely. Realistically speaking, yeah, that's a bummer. It's, I know, yeah. I know, I know. Greenwall fans out there, yes, not super happy, not having a good week, month.
2: I gotta say, Hex might be one of the first owners that seriously regrets going into VC money because he was printing money beforehand. He had a mm-hmm. really well-working brand. I think he might have been an owner that gave up more than others. Possibly, I'm, I'm not too, too you know, into that matter, mm-hmm. Could be totally wrong. But I think by losing as much ex- uh, powers, I think the brand started to slow down. And I think he just knows how to brand very well. And as it was taken away from him and he took a, more of a backseat, um, yeah, I think the spiral was quite clear. And that's, that's also once again to show that VC money is not necessarily smart money
1: not at all not at all what is interesting is how exactly this affects the league how it affects houston um i know that we kind of chatted about it earlier um you know what does this mean for the league because if they do make a sale oh, how does the league handle it because i don't think that they have rules and fail set in place to deal with a, a closure of a company and uh, one team owning two separate teams. Uh, I believe
0: they do have something in place for one one organization owning two teams and that you can't. So that they would have to sell by a certain date. That's been negotiated with that that'll be negotiated with overwatch Mm.
2: here's by the way is where the the value of creating completely new brands comes from because otherwise this would be a huge like immortals couldn't buy the rules of the overwatch league acquire optic gaming if optic gaming was in fact the brand that was the name of the overwatch league franchise right if they made it like that back in the day because now you have a fairly Discernible entity where you can say, "Okay, this is optic gaming. This is the Houston Outlaws." And sure, there's some overlap, but it's much more divisible and much more sellable than it would have been if we just mm-hmm. invited endemic orcs. And in that regard, I actually always liked it, even though it felt very, and to a degree, still does, non-organic to me no. how these teams uh, were created. Right. So, yeah. In general, this is now where we get to have the benefit of that brand creation.
0: Yeah. Yeah, kind of a bummer though, man. I mean, you go you go from creating this brand new overarching entity in Infinite Esports, bring on a bunch of new staff. Um clearly look, you know, get to the point. I mean, remember Rogue, a much smaller organization at the time than um Optic Gaming also bid, put up the money for an Overwatch League team and for whatever reason uh what was not approved by the league. So it really sucks when you see that at least one out of 20 of these leagues are or team owners are, you know, essentially bankrupt. Keep in mind it's not necessarily because of the Houston Outlaws that they're bankrupt. So that that could be a a profit center for them and the 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 whole optic part could be bad. Or maybe it's just yeah. the yeah, you, you don't know, but uh, although I, I don't expect Misfits to be doing much better, just to have a little bit more money behind them.
2: What about complexity in this regard? Is, isn't Complexity like a, a, a sports brand with a long tenure, they, and they actually recently moved to Texas? Now I don't yeah. know if they would technically be part of or set up shop with um, you know in the in the Dallas area, so that might be a problem. And I think they're owned by a sport or it, or like yeah, they have I a partnership with the a sports team. So unless there's some conflict there, I think it's it's interesting to consider that. Not that I have any uh, information. But if it was to be complexity, uh, like I, I used to be part of that organization 10 years ago, and the leadership is still the same, and one is a dope person to have as an owner, and I think in general, the Overwatch League could very much gain by getting them on board.
0: I feel like for something the size and scale of Overwatch League, I feel like they need to really, whatever it is, needs to have backing from huge non-endemics. And I don't know what Complexity's deal is. I don't know if they've got...
1: I think they're with the Cowboys. Are you know, they with the Cowboys? Because
0: mm, um, yeah. like if they are, then yeah, that's great for me looking there. But if it's not, yeah, I would I would immediately look for uh you know baseball football teams in Texas that have some sort of esports or looking to get into esports because those those are the types of organizations that have shown themselves to be able to kind of have the legs i think uh, misfits plus miami heat whatever the uh the florida organization is I, I forget it off the top of my head is probably the only the only exception right now where it seems to be a bit kind of kind of hairy as far as like the financial situation goes, mm-hmm. but everywhere else we we definitely see those um, non endemic esports organizations um, with with huge uh, sports organizations behind them or VC groups owned by the owner of those teams uh, do exceptionally well. Um, NYXL, yeah, surprisingly Boston, enough. Um, yeah, NYXL, Boston, I think, uh, Gladiators, is that?
1: they're they're kind of murky i think they have a lot of the same uh people from phoenix one in league of legends um i don't i'm not entirely too positive on that but if my memory serves me i think they have some it's like a mix it's like a hybrid mix of like traditional esports or at least have some sort of history in esports and outside uh more traditional
0: uh, complexity real sports complexity are owned by jerry jones and the cowboys so yeah. uh there you go. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Twitch okay. chat. You guys get a cookie today. Appreciate it would
1: it. be an interesting brand to kind of see uh, kind of resurge. They were definitely very big in, especially North America. Uh, what, like early 2000? Yeah, they they were they actually were one
2: CGS. Of pounding teams of CGS. Yep. Then they um, they. Wrote that out, of course. That's where the famous, you know, Jason Lake clips come from. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, basically, they've been in Overwatch League, you know, beta, if you want, like yeah. way back when, and still much more. I wonder, of the same I wonder if that
1: makes him very skittish. I wonder if, like,
2: looks at this as, like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, now he knows there's at least billionaires within with him, so he he yes. might and he also it's also valuable to have a guy around that just a saw it coming, b put everything he had into that team in order to have mm-hmm. it like his own personal capital. I think he's a he's a great resource. Also, he's I think he has just like as, as an owner and or whatever um, in that position, he's. Uh, I think he's a lawyer, but he also does a bunch of business. He's more in, like in the b- business uh, Sure. sure. department. I think he'd be a great asset, even just as a consultant for the Overwatch League.
0: Comple- Did you guys see Complexity's new uh, redesign? Yeah, their brand it's, redesign. Uh, it's, I'm it's to- I'm genuinely kind of sad. It's kind of sad, but it's totally cowboys, right?
1: Yeah, it's cowboys through and through. Like that's, the, that's m-
0: brand consistency right there.
1: Back in the day, they were like the i want to say like one of the early adopters of like the red like silver and like black kind of color scheme had this weird like abstract circle or oval
0: that uh, apparently they stole from another brand or whatever or lost a lot yeah
1: the 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 logo that they have right now is very similar to like a canadian-based team i think or at least they were yeah. It was like kind of orange. I know that they sponsored like a smash player. That's the only reason why I know they exist. So, yeah, it's yeah, I, I like complexity. I, li- I like Lake. I've heard really good things. Um, but I, I, I wonder if like bringing in some of the big hitters in esports right now for the league probably would do better. Like your team liquids. Um, is there anybody else? Anybody else who's just killing it? Maybe hundred thieves. See what they're doing. I'd like to Maybe see the wanna... hundred thieves, man like i think they do really well i think that that mm. whole i think that would actually match houston really well as well yeah i think they're very much player focused brand focused they want to do the extracurriculars they want to sell the clothes and make kind of like a lifestyle
2: brand rather than be the best team in the league right they want to
1: kind of they have the cloud of face
2: yeah but also like the serious business acumen that you need Mm -hmm. in order to uh get in with a Overwatch
0: league. Like at the end of the day, Overwatch League is about selling merch and tickets, right? Like that's yeah, that's that's what's making money: merch and tickets. So it's finding organizations that know how to sell them both, and we know a hundred thieves can definitely sell merch. Um, so fantastic at it, and and yeah, if, I don't if I don't know shot... personally if they're able to sell tickets. That's why I'm not saying that sure. they aren't able to sell tickets. I just don't know.
1: And if Day shot's been critical of Overwatch League. That's fine. But I think if you were approached 100%. I think the skepticism of the league starting so quickly and and the growing pains that that have happened, I think it's very uh, acceptable to be very skeptical. um, Also, the type of person
0: that you'd want there in in Overwatch League, league, you'd be like, this is why I don't like it. This is is what I would change. This is what I so.
1: But you can be critical all you want. But if the team, if the league comes to you and says, hey, would you buy this for this much and it's a discount? I don't I, I don't think any amount of critical uh, critical thinking would uh, dissuade you at that point. I think business is business. And that's uh, what these people are at the end of the day. So you can be critical to a point. But when does uh, the buck stop, you know? Yeah. Yep. So we'll see. We'll see. It's going to be very interesting. I don't know how uh, there's it's going to be weird. It's going to be very weird to see that whole thing happen mid it's a good very good possibility that this happens mid-season
2: and there's gonna be a weird kind of uh, so dude a i have a a, a last ditch effort of not having to call your lord
0: (laughs) it's not gonna happen man i'm sorry dude you picked a bad bet
2: and i want one less terrible team in overwatch league that would also be dope I mean, okay, Immortals,
1: the owners of Valiant, are buying Houston. Both those teams are not doing so great. Yeah, how, how does we, this improve them?
2: As we realized last last week or two weeks ago, even if you. But their wins combined they wouldn't make play-ins at the moment <laughs> so. so
1: another another kind of tangentially related um there's a good chance that this stage maybe even next stage we finally have like a mathematical team that is not going to qualify for play-in that mm-hmm. is that's something that i think we can definitely shell for next week because it's going to be and before the start of stage three but
2: we will also likely see titans be qualified for playoffs yep
1: you you Exactly. The same the inverse is very true that no matter what they could lose the rest of their games they'll still be within that what 7 to 12 like wild card bracket. Yeah. And this is we're just hitting the halfway point. That's crazy.
2: I think at 6 and 1 or 5 and 2 this stage for Titans I think that's locked that in. Auto qualifies them. Yeah, I'm pretty very sure.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, we're kind of at the point too, right where uh Titans can still do like we New York was probably the closest last season well it, they definitely were the closest i don't know why i would hedge, yeah, I hedge that statement at all but uh overall i mean the titans haven't lost uh lost a series yep. they they could be the first 28 no team yep, yep. like i mean and, and realistically who is who is challenging the titans right now san francisco Shock.
1: That's it. Yeah. Do they maybe NYXL? But like,
2: that's a stretch.
0: Do the Titans play again (gasps) with a a shock? Yes, Uh, and I I
2: believe it's the last get match
1: of the season for the Titans. No, I think the last match of the season for the the entire league is Vancouver NYXL. That's literally the last game of the season. So
0: the last weekend is Shock Titans NYXL Titans.
2: True. Something.
0: Ooh. and that is the kit kat rivalry weekend hosted by the la valiant
2: so if they want that is that really what seasons. it's called they gotta work for it till the last day yeah, that is crazy yeah
0: maybe yeah. pretty that's uh that's gonna be you know if they are sitting at 26 and 0
2: that's a great story and, and they and they finish it
0: out against the two best teams like you can't there's no point of argument that you can say there. That's at that a point. Mic it's a one it's one thing if they yeah. don't play either of those teams for the rest of the season and like well yeah but you know they played the shock early on when they went four and three um and, and beat them like you know let but once once you're in the last week of the season everything's coming up you got to prepare for the two hardest teams in the week and you're able to beat them both that's gonna mm-hmm. be huge
2: I will also say at this point, it's very hard to convince me, no matter what happens in playoffs, that they weren't the best team in in Overwatch in yeah. 2019. If that happens, easily.
0: How do you? I, I like. Yeah. Yep. It's yeah. yeah. It's it's not even saying anything. Basically, it's like yes, that's that would be yeah. true. Let's uh, let's look a little bit forward here, though, and. Obviously the Titans are doing well, but there probably are some teams who could stand to get off their get off their asses a little bit and uh, make some moves. So um, I, I want to ask you guys: Are there any teams right now that you're looking at and go, man, you guys need to make some moves, make some changes? And I do have another question. I have a side. I want to sidestep this whole thing because right now when we talk about teams improving, the only thing that ever gets brought up is signing new players. Is that the only way for teams to improve in Overwatch League right now?
2: Sign new players? No, there's, there's a bigger one, I would say, and that's sign a new coach. And it's probably a lot easier to do so.
1: But I wonder how much I, I it depends on what role you're filling. I think just restructuring the whole thing and bringing in a new head coach mid-season, that's kind of dangerous, especially if you're a team like the Valiant, like Mayhem, like Houston, that are kind of like you need some wins, you need something to inspire some confidence going into wild card or even make wild card. Um, You've really got to be careful.
0: So, uh, uh, man, I mean, so first of all, that's kind of a depressing sentiment, I I personally Mm -hmm. think. And the fact that the only way we feel that teams can improve is by making personnel changes, either at the the front office level or the uh, coaching level or... the team level, rather than being like, yeah, then rather than being like, you know what? Like teams can improve just by themselves. Look at Boston. They didn't make any changes and they improved over the course of the season. Mm -hmm. Are there is like, is that a thing or is it just like, this isn't working? We're not winning by high.
1: I think, I think there's a very, each team has their own reason um to talk about like the bottom five teams i think there's a very good reason for each of those teams on why they're not doing well um and i don't think it's based on player skill i don't it's very much intangibles um that's what i've
2: come to it's sometimes this
1: no i i genuinely think a lot of it is intangibles because it's not there's no question that a lot of these players are like good right there's there's very few just players that you look at you're like why are you here there's, there's no reason for you to be here there's there's like a, a good handful in the entire league right yeah <laughs> I'll, I'll let i'll yeah. let yiska room it on that one there's not too many um, comparatively
2: there's so, not too many
0: but there are some I mean, that make you chuckle
2: yeah oh of course definitely yeah there are some that are really bad 100 there are also some that are most obviously replaceable by better talent and sure so if that doesn't fulfill your definition then that's fine yeah then i think a lot of it for me though is
1: intangibles when i look at boston and i and i constantly berate them and say that True. they're not going to do well they somehow manage to fill it out and i think that has a lot to do with things that aren't directly tied to these players skill because at the end of the day i think majority of them are are here for a reason um So with these bottom five teams, I think each of them has their own story, their own reason on why they're not doing well. And I think you have to make very drastic changes to solve that problem. I think with with the expansion into season two, there was a lot of building done. And that building has to be refurbished and kind of, you know, this didn't work. We tried to lay out this groundwork. The plan failed. Now what do we do? And that's not, it's not as simple as just saying, well, they can improve. And we have seen these lower teams improve. Valiant, without making any roster moves, they looked like they were improving. Yeah, I agree. The Valiant at the start of Stage 2 and the Valiant at the end of the Stage 2 were very different. Completely different. They looked like they were on the mend. Now, is that going to continue forward i would imagine so how much of an increase can we expect from that probably not as much as neat as you'd need to make wildcard. and i think that's the big problem here is that this is like a season saving move that you're making this could make or break your season and by you know all all metrics you've already kind of broken it so there's only really room to go up so mm-hmm. while i agree i i would agree with myself of course because i'm biased um that yeah you have to be very careful on who you're bringing in who you're moving out you really have to be hands-on with the team and figure out what's what really is the problem who do we need to change and how much money do i need to spend on it you, you just have to pay more attention to it i think i think that's like my big thing is really going in and it's not it's not as simple as just moving players around i think that's a very surface level move that a lot of these bottom five teams can do and that might save them their season but again those same teams are probably going to be making drastic changes coming into the postseason because there's there's yeah systematic problems within those teams that you just can't remedy midseason, and if you do, you could be taking steps backwards to go forward, and you're already at the bottom of the league, so I don't I don't think that's good for anybody.
2: I would say two teams already have revised their entire approach in the Valiant and in the uh, Florida Mayhem
0: mm-hmm.
2: by going from hybrid roster to you know, for green and, full and going full Western, right? Mm-hmm. You could even argue that um, maybe DC did by bringing in proven talent, more proven talent other than, you know, instead of new upcoming players that they thought they could mold into, yeah. uh, players also shelling out big money possibly. Like Talk about aggressive, mind. man. Yeah, they are aggressive. Like their backline, should have been pretty expensive, and that is not you know within the theme of that team of who the other players are, maybe with their coaching stuff yeah or sure it, young in particular, but um definitely not with the rest in terms of like what one would expect their bios to look like, and then, yeah, I mean, Houston can't make changes, so or we assume they can't, maybe they will soon for Houston, it got, it's got to be really hard, and Houston is probably one of the teams that just goes like uh, about that radical meta change, please, uh, one one radical meta change, please uh, we, we saw that other uh, Texas teams sort of save their face last season by getting a lucky patch, please, please stage four, please
0: yep <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay, that's fair so, I mean, are there any specific moves that either of you guys would like to see?
1: I'd like to see Philly make some moves. I don't know where. I don't know mm. who. But they were a problem child for me going into the season that I think they could have improved. And they've just kind of haven't. I think they've kind of been exactly where we expect them. They're so just vanilla, man.
0: They just, yeah, they're just like the most vanilla team out there. They're not
1: bad enough for, you know, you to really criticize them too much. And they're not good enough for you to really praise them. They just kind of are there. And it's like, you guys don't want to make any kind of moves. You don't want to like, you know, commit to a solid style. It seems like one week Sato's playing Reinhardt well. And then the next they go back to playing Winston i I don't know it's very bizarre to me that team is
2: very strange by the way, if I look at the overall match score from this season last season, the similarities between them and los Angeles valiant last season are uncanny yep like they they had about as equal score if we you know divide down look just look at the win ratio and um. Then, on the valiant at the at the back, I mean they had a very good stage one seven mm. three. not so good stage two, but that in on average puts them at about the Philly score. They were both pretty quiet, even though they had solid scores. I see this continuing I'm not sure what the schedule for Philly looks like um but i can I can see them you know sneaking by and uh definitely holding maybe a playoff spot just based on that mm. Mm-hmm. It's it's a quiet season. They just need to either hit the good meta or find the explosion button some at some yeah. point. Otherwise, they are just going. To, it's just going to be as quiet as it was for Valiant. You and know, they're, how... not, they're unlikely to have a perfect stage in stage four. Oh sport. yeah, of course. Like.
1: You know how I said that there's like teams that have like systematic problems that you you don't like you wouldn't want them to make changes midseason because like you're you're gambling if you think you're going to get the same success that this kind of broken roster could still give you. I think London needs to make some sort of changes like their consistency issue is an issue. This is a problem that is going to cost not only the players, but that team success when you know that they have the pieces to do so i think i think they have to do some restructuring if they want to continue being a a top table team they're kind of being left in the dust you can't just bring on quarter main and guard and then never play them
2: yeah i I feel like the the you know the discussions that we had oh london is so inconsistent and now coach uh uh, 815 yeah comes in um, and fixes that because he has this long, you know, uh, tenure in esports, and he can't bring, uh, you know, like re- um, like a regular schedule to them. Sure. And they they would get structure. Leave. I am I, I'm, I I'm not seeing that.
1: No, not at all. Not it's at just all. the
2: same old London. Maybe it's a makeup of the players, or maybe um, there's he doesn't have the the effect that we expected him to have. It doesn't feel like he has any authority. If I had to guess,
1: like it mm. just seems like the same old London. It doesn't seem like the coaches are coming into coach. It feels like they're just analysts and just feeding information to the players and they just do it, do what they want. Mm. Sometimes they do it. And sometimes they don't like yeah. it's, it's very bizarre. And I think that's a, very much a personnel issue that you you've just got to figure out be hands on and and change the question is do you do that mid-season i don't think so i think with the firepower you have on that team like that is almost a super team level like roster that you've built and kudos to to jack and you know london for doing that but you to be consistently top table and to you know kind of defend your title and and maybe even chase after another title i think you're gonna have to make some moves
0: fair enough. So there is one other thing that we wanted to discuss, uh, today before we get out of the show. And that's, uh, something that's been on the table and has just kind of fallen off week after week after week. It's like, let's finally talk about it this week. And then we talk about other things. We're actually having time this week. (laughs) And that is of the idea of a two, two, two lock for overwatch league. Obviously goats is still very much a thing. And, um, there's a lot of people out there who would like to see some enforcement on the mm-hmm. compositions that teams can play to balance them better, keep variety higher. Even though you're limiting the overall the the overall technical amount of compositions that you can have, if you have a billion compositions and only three are run, is it better to have only 164 and 10 yeah. are run, right? Like that's... Mm-hmm kind of mm. the idea that it's going with here so uh we want to discuss a little bit just kind of what roster locks would look like in in a two 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 format or maybe there's a better way to do it a two two one floater kind of thing or whatever like there's there's definitely some variations on two 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 two, two that I've seen that are interesting um mm. I don't know which one of you guys want to go first which is like your overall thoughts like Is, are we at a point, have we reached the point in competitive Overwatch where to continue with the game being fun to watch, being, um, fun to play, fun fun to play, uh, being varied, you know, part of the core of what was presented with Overwatch is like this varied idea of compositions and counters and,
1: and that's such a cool idea, right? like the the no hero limit like here's the toolbox you guys solve your own problems if Ooh. you're if you're facing six torbs what's the composition you do to beat that six i torbs. think right you just mirror it <laughs> and that's, right. th- that's that's the beauty of overwatch is that that can be an answer is just like we'll just run what they run and do what they do right i i think blizzard's realizing that they have to step back from that and it just didn't work the the freedom of just allowing the player base to figure out their own solutions doesn't work um it's very counterintuitive to the way that a lot of multiplayer games are kind of played Um, if you are playing a quake a halo a call of duty you have a very small toolkit a very impactful but small toolkit whereas in overwatch your toolkit is literally any hero at any point in the game you can make swaps and you're supposed to it's just not it it doesn't work at least with maybe it's the community maybe it's the player base i'm more willing to say that it's just a flawed design and that the lock is just good across the board does it limit you yes obviously but that draws people back into the game it it makes it a little bit more healthy in terms of people enjoying it. You know, I don't have to queue into a game and just play Reinhardt all the time. I can go in and, you know, with two, 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 I think it's assumed that we would also get role queue for ladder. And I think that's something that people have been kind of shouting at the heavens for, for a long time, because yeah. there's, there, there have been defined roles in the past. And, and to be fair, you If you think you're playing goats in your ranked games, you're not. I'm sorry. You pick the heroes. It doesn't you're not playing it the same way like you. You might have a good idea, but it's not you're it's not goats. You're just picking the heroes that are in goats. It's not you're not playing goats, right? None of the compositions you see on stream on in competition, you know, you pick them in your ladder game, especially like below GM. And even then, I I don't I don't know that it's played all that much um just making that a more unified streamlined experience i think is just healthy for everybody it's great for the game it gets people back into it tie it in with an event and and call it a day overwatch 2.0 and and call it quits I, I i hate that that's a thing but i think it's just the best case scenario for everybody
0: so i do have a question for you you've played world of warcraft i have long time what are dps queues like compared to tank and healer queues very long and
1: it's It's funny you bring that up because League had League of Legends had a similar problem where, to queue, you would have two queues. You would queue like your primary role, like I want to play this role, Um, but I also will be willing to play this role. But sometimes, if I'm understanding and remembering my League of Legends uh, play time accurately, there would be times where the game would just be like, "Sorry, you gotta play support." you gotta play healer yeah you gotta be a tank yeah there there are gonna be those times and it's gonna suck but i think eight out of eight out of ten times you're going to be playing a role that you're comfortable with it's going to be great for your experience it's great be great for everybody else's experience and the two percent of the time dang i gotta bite the bullet or you know the age old uh you know, discussion of just leaving the game and just dodging, and you know, taking taking the SR loss, maybe taking a fifteen minute break, coming back in and playing again. Like it does nobody, it does nobody any good to just. Well, I already have three DPS on my team. I guess I go tank. I'm really bad at tank. I don't like playing tank.
2: no nah, I, I think the queue shouldn't work that, that that I think you should straight up uh, queue your role either uh-huh. DPS, support, or tank. It should be like in StarCraft 2 where you have different ratings for those. And then you need to solve the different queues with incentive structures. Be it drops, be it Sure. Um, I mean,
1: maybe yeah, you can you have priority like queues boxes, for credits. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Like like priority were, queue you... later on for a DPS. Like maybe yeah, and then again League does tanks, that as well. You know, if you queue yeah. three games as a tank, it gives you a like a priority DPS queue. Exactly, or something like that.
1: I think that's fair. I, they, the, the, the separate MMR, the separate like SR, that would be really interesting. I don't know if that would be too hard to develop in such a short amount of time. Granted, like maybe this happens next year. Who knows? BlizzCon, again, it's around the corner. I'd expect some kind of announcement about the game um, because it's not it's not going anywhere it's kind of stagnating and something needs to be done um whether it be 222 two, two, whether it be I, i'm not big i haven't heard too much about like the floater role i think 222 two, two is just nice and streamlined uh obviously hero bands is probably the other big one out there like just let the community balance the game just make the heroes balance things on ladder and just let the competitive community just balance their own games that could be a thing um
0: so i, I do have to ask you though uh and this is You know the kind of the thing that always gets brought up is, do you think that there's a world that Blizzard could just decide? You know what we're going to invest in. You know, ten new uh, balance positions, balance design positions at at Blizzard, dedicated Mm -hmm. just to balancing, and that maybe we see more consistent, more frequent balance changes, and that would do you think that there's a world there's any world in which we could alleviate having to go to a roll lock or a band system to get kind of that initial, um, vision of overwatch, which is just kind of this free for all team based, you know, go nuts type of thing.
1: I think the, the, the opening up more balanced slots and making more balanced patches really only fixes a lot of the big problems for me at the, like the competitive level, whereas at the baseline entry level general player, they don't want to play the game because the game isn't fun half the time. They go in, they play a role that they're not good at. It makes the enemy like it makes your teammates you, you feel when your your Reinhardt doesn't know how to play Reinhardt. You feel when your D.Va is a DPS player and they're just running around like idiots, right? And to Assume that they would have the tool set to be able to say, aha, you're playing a tanky composition that can't shoot in the air, so I'll pick Farah. And and you have to be at least competent on FARA to be able to do that. I think as an idea, it's really cool, but I don't know that it is gonna work for the general audience. And I think that's a big place that Overwatch needs to kind of bolster their uh their their health. I think bringing back, bringing people back to the game just would be good for everybody involved. It's great for Blizzard, it's
2: great for Overwatch, and it's great for Overwatch esports, right? For for me, this change is sort of like a change that can snowball into a lot of positive decisions. So, okay, here's the premise of my argument in no esports game. Is the game on competitive ladder less resembled in comparison to pro-play than in Overwatch? Mm -hmm. It is insane how different the game is. You cannot infer anything till like, even I think people would even argue that you need to be top 500 for, for that to occur. Right? So how do you make it more streamlined? You take a little bit of freedom away. Right? You you. Just lock the roles, and yep. thereby, I think balancing gets a lot easier. What yep. it also allows you to do is, and I I don't understand why this has to be like such a, such a staple, but they should. And this is by the way something I got from Spazzo, the uh, funy coach, um, who said, "I I hope we we just homogenize heroes a little more, meaning okay, we need speed in all these comms. But we need speed flavored this way for this comp or in this way. No, there's just one flavor of speed in Overwatch. Yeah. It is it is Glucio's, right? So there you can do a lot more with balancing because you have a much more rigid framework in which you can then work, right? Mm-hmm. I think it it would make the life of uh, balance designers much more you know, much more laid back. I also think do it's we want probably a, not a life
0: of laid-back balance designers is that a good thing uh,
2: uh, the thing is like what you said about like throwing more uh developers at it. i'm not sure if if they have a shortage of developers maybe they do and then that's probably a fi- fine thing there's also the issue of too many cooks there's also just consult more take like uh, what what has been happening is and i think there was fairly public on twitter right that's People were going to the Blizzard offices just talking to devs. That has been going on, by the way. There have been fairly regular meetings with a select few pro players that or very frequently talk to devs. And now the the thing is that probably this feedback is very hard to incorporate with the data they have about how the general Overwatch uh, audience plays. Because the games are so different, because we are playing like one healer all the time because people just want to play what's fun now what is more fun in my exp- uh, experience and also i would say i think genuinely not just for me but as just like a general observation of what is fun is when you when you take away all the options that make team work way too hard like i always said when someone tells me oh i can play diva what do you mean that by that can you play D.Va in GOATS, or can you play D.Va in D.I.V.E? Same thing. Or can you play D.Va in Quad Tank? Same thing. Yeah. That is not the same Same thing, right? So um, for, to streamline that, to sort of create these archetypes, and there would still be different archetypes in these. The Double Sniper would still exist. D.I.V.E would still be very distinct. Mm-hmm. I think we would see more variety than we're seeing now. I That's think it's a... very possible that based on the uh, in Overwatch League, Based on the particular strength of players in the Overwatch League, we would see more diversity. I have this inkling. I'm I'm not sure if that is very strong. It could just very well be that we fall into this one meta composition once again, and we are all playing. I don't know, McCree, Widow, uh, yes. on the DPS plus or whatever. That is possible. It, it, so,
1: but I think that that can be changed with numbers and and tuning. I think that's but tuning, changeable.
0: Yeah. Well, and also balancing. I, I, I forgive me. I don't know the exact numbers, but the 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 biggest anti argument against two 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 is currently right now with all the heroes. There's some ten thousand plus compositions that sure. you can. Do. I, I bet you it's like a hundred thousand or a million or something stupid like that. Mm. Uh, of, of different types of compositions that you could play. But when you reduced it to two 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 is something like it was less than two hundred, I believe it. I think it was like one hundred and sixty four or something like that. and yeah. that that argument is just that you re- you reduce the variety by doing this, which is kind of dumb. And I kind of alluded to it at the beginning yeah. in the beginning, right? is number one, uh, if you have all these different technical compositions, which by the way, one of those compositions is six supports, right? Like that's, that's one of those technical, uh, like that could never actually be a composition. Kick kick tripod dive can be a composition, just six DPS, but six supports is ridiculous. But that, but that's, that's, that's the problem with
1: Overwatch currently is that that should be a solution to that. That is a solution to a composition that is thrown at you and you as players have to understand that and kind of like know that you have to know that oh if they run this we have to change the framework of how we see the game it's not just 2-2-2 two, 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 and that's where the the average community the average player base does like oh we need to play 2-2-2 two, two, two. they already kind of like have soft lock themselves in their brain where you so if you look at the overwatch league and you look at you know competitive uh ladder in competitive environments you are seeing them try to change how they view the game is it it, do we play for dps when do we play for dps how how do we do that is the answer six supports i don't know but i think that is a key to one of those locks i think that is a composition that at some point in overwatch is going to have to not is going to have to be run but that is a solution to a a puzzle right is
0: that an overwatch Uh, 2 solution what do you mean Overwatch 2, like, there's... We this still, can
2: only be implemented we, there.
0: We still hear these, and I know I'm not the only one who kind of keeps hearing these, just the faintest whispers of, yeah. like, Overwatch I mean, 2 that is coming, right? Yeah. And uh. there's this idea that, you know, Overwatch as we know it isn't going to change much. Overwatch 2 is going to come out. They're going to take what they learned from Overwatch 1 and, you know, give us those things that... um <clears throat> we need in order for Overwatch to be successful, not only as a esport, but also as a game in which we play and rage with each other. I, I think. I
2: Good. I, I would say that the two-to-two lock is not an issue that needs to be resolved in o- Overwatch Two. I think that is basic enough that we can implant, yeah. m- implement it now. Now the issues that we constantly see with ultimates and how counter-intuitive they play very often, both in pro play and then actually in ranked it's exacerbated, um, that is an Overwatch 2 problem. Mm-hmm. That needs to be solved and the fundamental idea of how we acquire ultimates, how they work, what what they work off of, that needs to be revised and possibly new mechanics introduced. I don't think that can be solved in this current stage. What like, the the two 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 clock is not the problem. Like, if you want to have an analogy, right? But like, back in the day, we had all the options. We could, you know, no hero limit. We could all pick what we wanted to do. Nobody's more free under Anarchy. It's, on paper, it sounds like, okay, everyone can do what they want. Yes, one person can come into your game and kill your entire group of friends dead by taking the game hostage because there are no rules, he can do that, and destroy everyone's fun by yep. uh, just picking something that's only fun to him. Uh, and oh, by the way, most of the time, I'm not even buying that, uh, that they have fun in the gameplay. They have fun in the artistic pleasure of ruining that game. So in order, to, like just taking that away, and by the way, 2 to 2 we're not in communism yet in in that analogy right sure. don't freak out in that regard we still have plenty of options we're just getting the rules sets in place so everyone more people get to have fun in yes. these can i also regards.
0: just say the fact that we have a system that lets us like thumbs up people but not thumbs down people kind of pisses me off
1: well yeah that that's a whole other bag of worms because we still don't even have like actual stats because i don't know toxicity Like that just needs to, I love,
0: I love that in workshop. There's like working versions of scoreboards. (laughs) Like, like you can play scoreboards there. There is overwatch does risk there being a time where, uh, you have more people playing modded versions of their game than the actual like game itself with, Mm -hmm. with how it's kind of stagnated.
1: I I think that's a problem with blizzard in general. Like, they're just so slow at doing things. You know, God bless them. They polish their their products to the nth degree. But when you look at Warcraft 3, you even look at, like, StarCraft in general. Like, there is a g- huge community that doesn't even play the game. They just go and play custom maps. They go and play Dota. Came the, uh, the MOBA genre was birthed from Blizzard's womb. They just completely... just did, It's the red-headed stepchild of, of Blizzard titles. By rights, that's kind of their, their game.
2: Also... Yeah. Dude, it is it is the it, the many steps in the positive direction. It just fits yeah. so perfectly well. We get the workshop, we get replays. Mm-hmm. Like now two to two lock. Dude, we
0: didn't even talk th- about this, that. Replays this would are be a the thing road now, to
2: redemption. <laughs> yes. we, we didn't
0: even talk about that on the show. Uh replays mm-hmm. are happening. So you've got no one else to blame but yourself now. Yep. Casual. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. Like I, I I, was excited to see what the community could do with like the World Cup viewer. And we started to get like some hints at that. But I think just giving the tools to everybody forever, like you're not going to just take it away. It's, you know, when is it coming back? Nobody knows. Oh, it's stage two. It's stage one. We still don't have it at stage three. And now we're finally hearing at least like it's it's working, guys, like it's coming soon. I think content goes up. I think overall player skill goes up. Understanding of the game goes up. I, it's 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 a needed function that we've we've again shouted at the heavens for, and it's finally starting to come in. Three years later, it's it's great. It's beautiful. Again, thank you
2: Blizzard. Thank you so much for finally bringing mm-hmm. replays in. Yeah, I'm really excited for this. Yeah, but like to to just like mellow out on a good end, right? Because like we we do our fair bit of criticizing, but this of like course. one has to okay. The cynical part of me says yes. This is the state of esports, and an esports game that was created supposedly with esports in mind should have shipped with this. At the same time, I know this is hard, especially f- in those FPS. people.
0: Honestly, th- mm-hmm. I, I need to f- that idea. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs>
2: and I think in general this is still very welcome, and the things we will be able to do like now we actually get the super creatives with like um you know the replay sets we get to explain um plays more so the overall level of the like i was like said the level of tier 2 and tier 3 will cr- uh, increase a lot mm-hmm. i think the overall understanding of overwatch for everyone will an- an increase based on that because the the surrounding content will be that much more sophisticated while still being expressive and informative that we will get to all elevate at a faster pace than we used to.
1: Yeah, you touch on a, a fantastic point and And luckily enough, we had Brian to kind of hint at it. But this, the replays add another foundational level to what you could build on top of the game. Whether that be some sort of, uh, visual recognition of the overhead viewer to, to generate, you know heat maps, um, more, more in-depth statistics that somebody as a third party could develop. You can have six different bots view one replay through the POVs of each player and record every little intricate detail. And put that into a number and ship it, and now you have a better understanding of what players are actually doing, how much they're doing, when and where they're doing things. This wow. adds another level to the game that you, we can build on top of, but previously we didn't have it, right? So th- again, like, there's so many more possibilities with replays. Like, and and the more they add to it, the the more we can expand on it mm. as a community. Not not me. I'm too
2: dumb. I, Smooth. I, <laughs> I wonder if this but because back in the day in in WoW and then before that, yes. Like we had that, you know, game movie culture and frag movie culture. Yeah. And then not just game and frag movie, but also sort of like almost small movies or sketches. Oh yeah, I remember like, like the, there's a there's like a wow like whole illegal
1: like, Danish. Some, there's like a, I, I have no idea. I always stumble mm. across them every once in a while if when I'm like on a WoW binge. But there's like yeah. an actual like series and like a, a story that people tell through like WoW machinima, like Warcraft movies. Like people can get pretty crazy with this stuff, and I, it's only gonna get better when Blizzard adds more and more tools. Whether if whether it's a model viewer, whether it's like a, the workshop again, like you're gonna see some cool stuff come out of that. Yeah, it's it's already happening. It's only gonna get better from here with the more tools that they give us. Yeah,
0: I love playing World of Warcraft, <laughs> but like I was just thinking about it. Like I don't know how it is that you know, and World of Warcraft is a very flawed game, right? Sure. Uh, I can't even get either of you guys to come play with me right now. That's how flawed it is. That neither of you guys will come play, hang out. I literally, am just playing by myself. Well, actually uh, my wife now plays a bunch, but there's it's it's very flawed, but at the same time, it's something I want to go back and play. Overwatch has mm. a problem where it's not. It's not right now. Yeah. That's, that's it for a lot of people. And yeah. I can tell you right now, most analysts, most content creators making content for Overwatch aren't actually actively playing the game.
1: No, I tell you right now, I haven't touched the game in a minute.
2: Mm. And
0: it's largely because there's so little to be gained from that experience. Mm. It requires so much time to make that content outside of the experience. I would just love for there to be a thing where I would love for the time I want to spend in a game on a game be uh, equal to the amount of content that I can create for it. (laughs) That's just all I want. That's all I want. Uh, it's, it's not, it's not easy. And like, some people are like, you know, Oh, sideshow or Brent. I mean, most, most of the analysts in Overwatch league are, you know, plat diamond, right. But understand Mm -hmm. the game. It's, it's, it's very interesting to know that the biggest, brightest (laughs) bright, I think a sideshow and calling him a bright mind, but he is, he's actually very smart um Mm -hmm. brightest minds in overwatch are people who have found that it's it's more beneficial to not play the game and seek knowledge and learning and uh analysis elsewhere and i think
1: that to highlight Yiska's point because it's so it's literally two different books yeah it's so different that there's no point you might as well just go watch the game and you probably get a little bit more enjoyment out of
2: it yeah Dude, one of the main parts always for me for watching esports was always to say, okay, yes. let's let's watch how, okay, in the Overwatch uh, equivalent, Jonak play. Oh, Jonak always plays very close to his D.Va. Okay, so I will always play close to his D.Va. You just mm-hmm. flew over this gap on Rialto and I can't follow. And what are you doing? And why are you in their back line? And where's my matrix? And I cannot peek this angle. Oh, I actually can peek this angle because this Widow can't aim whatsoever. And it's like, okay, this game is completely different to what it's played. I'm not being speed boosted. No Lucio is ever looking at me. Lucios is trying to frag. It's like, or by the way, that is already, I'm already lying because nobody plays Lucio. Yeah. To like masters, deep masters. So, yeah, it's, it is so much different. Yeah. It's,
1: and, and sometimes you're not going to fix that. You're not going to fix the one trick problem. You're not going to fix people being silly and just playing Reddit Lucio. But streamlining a lot solves. A good deal of your problems, I think, making it two two two, you know, removing a lot of the freedom that you're balancing. I, I think a lot of the balance weight is reliant on the freedom. You, you as a player base, just have to figure it out. I don't know. I don't know the answer to goats, guys. Figure it out. Hmm. Yeah. I don't. I don't know the answer to dive. And again, like we talk about goats being oppressive, dive was also really, really oppressive. You didn't play much else. There wasn't much, though of, it
0: didn't go for as long.
1: I don't. I've no but you, idea. But you yes. also
0: didn't have the grand stage of Overwatch League yeah. for the entirety of Dive, right? We only had two and a half, three stages of it, right? In Overwatch League,
1: yeah, I think like three, and then the fourth was kind of like one double sniper kind of. So came it probably
0: out. feels a lot different. Different when you watch goats every week on Overwatch League versus watching dive for half a season of Overwatch League but then you're watching it for Apex and you're watching yeah. it for uh takeover and you're watching it for monthly melee it's there's different uh implications there for sure
1: this also makes it like with with in regards to 222 this makes it really difficult for the game to change at a fundamental level again because what you learned in dive was tangentially related to goats, but it was so completely different everywhere else. Like the heroes, obviously that's the obvious, like you you have a whole role in DPS. You have DPS or players that play DPS, right? Their role is now flipped on its head. They have to learn new heroes. The, The composition is not really intuitive to what it was. There was, it was such a, completely black and white day and night flip flop like whiplash inducing of what dive was and what goats was so with 222 i think that definitely stems the possibility that that happens again and you can kind of expect what overwatch can look like generally and you can plan for that more you can scout for that you can kind of I think players can kind of uh, position themselves for a a meta at some point, whether you're a widow specialist, whether you're this, that, the other thing, like that should be acceptable at some point, but with, you know, with the non two, 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 that might not be the case. It might just be goats forever at this point. I don't know. Um, But it, it stems the, the tide of just completely changing the way that the game's played at a, at a base level.
0: Yeah. I totally agree. I think we probably should get out of here. We've actually gone long. I didn't think that we'd be able to fill it. Yeah. We actually filled it up. I can't send messages in Discord anymore, but um, <laughs> we kind of filled it up. All right, come on, Discord. It's has it been struggling for you guys the last couple of days sending messages? <sighs> Often, at times.
2: Yeah, at times, actually, that happens to me. Yeah.
0: I'm kind of rough, but we did. Uh, we we kind of hit our time. And we just posted a two hour episode two days ago. So I don't want to like <laughs> overflow people like two and a half hours of tactical crouch is enough, but you got three hours, three hours and 15 minutes of, of tactical crouch this week. So, uh, you're welcome for those with the commute. Sorry for those without, <laughs> cause <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a long one. Good, good conversation though. I'm glad that we finally got to fit that one in it's yep, yeah. uh it's kind of nice every you know we always kind of have to equate things back to overwatch league and, and competitive overwatch but it is uh it's kind of nice when we can have a conversation that isn't directly about you know which team is doing this well let's talk about the specific players it's just kind of fun so yeah change your pace yeah good time so let's go ahead and get out of here before we do though uh, make sure to follow the show everywhere at tactical underscore crouch uh, DM us, uh, tweet us, whatever, uh, thoughts, questions about the show. Leave a five-star iTunes review. We really appreciate it. Those reviews help a ton with people being able to find the podcast. Also make, uh, Joe and Yiska feel good about themselves. So, um, not me, not yeah. me though.
2: So can, can I reveal one riddle? Yes. And attach a price to it. <laughs> I, c- I cannot believe not even Chad noticed. Over the course of this episode, I've been gesturing with over a dozen different props. (laughs) Like, I I gestured literally with like a milk can type of thing. I had a nose hair trimmer. I had (laughs) like an old milk carton. I I used my cell phone. Okay, here's the deal, chat. The first guy that accurately counts with how many different props I gestured this episode will get a sub uh, donated by me <laughs> and it has been over a dozen and nobody noticed <laughs> this is a great state. let me make this point with so the trash can. i, I was did... actually preparing for pvp and revealing that on the last uh question. <laughs> ah.
0: <laughs> so i did like I, I kept noticing was like is that a nose trimmer it's like why does he have that in... <laughs> why does he have that in his hand and yeah, then later... not,
1: now that you notice that yeah. i'm like yeah you did have the nose trimmer yeah you did have the milk carton it was just like <laughs>
0: Oh man. Next level stuff, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Too good. Too good. All right. I <laughs> just thought everyone just thought you were a weird. <laughs> so, well,
2: that's uh, obviously that that's, that's assumed. That's part of the magic.
0: Yeah, I get it. Nice. Well, um, yeah. So follow everywhere at tactical crouch. Look those five-star <laughs> iTunes reviews. Uh, do you do you know how many specifically there are, Yiska? So if people guess in chat right now, yeah, I do. All right, chat. If you guess correctly, we know it's over a dozen. Uh, if you guess correctly, Yiska is gonna gift you a sub to this to this channel, or you're gonna sub to their to channel. This,
2: no, to this channel, and uh, it also counts on the YouTube.
0: All right, cool. Um, we've got we've got guesses coming in right now. Let me know if someone finds it. In the meantime. I
2: don't think anyone has got it yet.
0: In the meantime, yeah, follow us everywhere at a Tactical Crouch. Leave that five star review. We'll start thanking five star reviews on the show starting next week. I do think that we are finally at the point where enough people have brought it up that I'm gonna say it on the episode. I think that we're gonna actually uh launch that Patreon. So stay tuned for that. Um right it's, probably gonna, it's probably gonna be on the old OWL daily one if I can change the URL just uh because it's already all up there yeah. set up so um yeah i think it even links in like the youtube and show notes stuff so there's already a link there for that uh if you want to be don't pay attention to any of the rewards yet because we, we're still going to finalize those uh but yeah um let's do kind of shout outs for the week and where people can find you uh joe you're up first
1: well, as always, you can find me on the old uh, socials at uh, Volmel. Uh, it's pretty much everywhere. Um, just put up an article detailing uh, what the Chengdu Hunters' new main tank, or not so new, if uh, you realize that he's been signed to the team but just has been locked away in uh, Visa jail, Um, what what he means to the team and uh, what my kind of thoughts on him uh, maybe possibly not necessarily playing in Stage 3. I think, you know, definitely give it a look if you're a a Chengdu fan and what you might expect uh, later on and what he means to the team cool
2: hopefully right. that i'll be a lord
0: <laughs> yisuke what about you man shout outs for the week where can people find you first and foremost at
2: i was about to say takeover three it kind of feels like that uh, atlantic mm-hmm. showdown of course and uh maybe i'll squeeze out like a little primer tomorrow we'll see maybe not we'll see and um yeah definitely looking forward to that mm-hmm. cool
0: yeah as for me, you can find me everywhere at Kick Tripod, and um, yeah, I'm doing a ton of stuff. I'm gonna be out the next week. Yiska, have fun at um, Atlantic Showdown.
2: Thank you. Have You're fun going to Dream Hack. DreamHack?
0: Yep, I'm gonna be at Dream Hack Dallas. We're gonna be doing a couple things. Um, for those of who don't know, I work for Helicon Gaming, so we make that cool little Go XLR device, and so I do all the community, social media, and like digital strategy for that and so they're flying myself our brand lead and our dsp engineer out and we're outfitting all of the streamer booths with go xlr which is pretty cool Mm, but we're also uh doing a panel on audio uh for twitch so for people who are looking to it's not going to be just like shilling go xlr for a couple of hours because i've gone through every audio setup under the sun um go XLR is finally the thing that I use now, but it's, there's you know a lot of cheap free options that you can do and, and all that stuff. So we're going to be doing that. I believe it's going to be streamed. Uh, so stay tuned for all that, but otherwise find me everywhere at kick tripod, Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. I'm going to probably be posting a ton from Instagram, uh, over the next week. So yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it. Uh, thanks for joining us for episode 36. We're going to be back. Do Valmel and Yiska have go XLR setups. No, but there's a plan in place. Plan in place. Wink. Um, yeah, plan in place. Uh, we gotta get. We gotta get you that headphone extender, by the way. Uh, hey. Don't let really you forget. So yeah. Uh, other than that, uh, big thanks to everybody who tuned in today. We're gonna be back after the music for a little post-show action. And uh, you know, see if anybody has won. How many devices you has. Uh, oh i will
2: direct that Uh, i copied the chat so if someone won then i will say that otherwise the first youtube comment
0: all right fair enough all right chat we'll see you guys next time see you after the music we'll thank all the subs and donations uh because there's quite a few of you so thanks for that and if you want to support the show people people have asked quite a few times like how can i support the show and uh besides just being, you know, just tweeting any of us individually being like, hey, I really like what you're doing with the show, you know, following and listening and all that stuff, which is amazing and 90% of it, uh, you can subscribe at twitch.tv slash kick tripod, get some cool tactical crouch emotes. You can uh donate twitch.tv slash kick tripod. There's donations there. It all goes to improve the show. And then by the next show i'm gonna to commit to it we'll have our patreon up and running with tactical crouch stuff so we'll probably spend a little extra time talking about that cool cool all right we're gonna be back in just a couple minutes see you guys next time bye